Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. Lillard, he got the shot off. Lillard, down, down. I mean, I like that in a like NBA basketball. Welcome back to Coast to Coast, a basketball podcast. I'm Ian Fain, and I'm joined by my co-host, Noah Weber. Today, we'll be giving our thoughts on the announced 2022 NBA All-Star starters. And in the second half of this episode, we're just going to be having a little fun and drafting a team for LeBron and Durant. Um, So first off, we're going to start in the Eastern Conference. Um, So we have DeMar DeRozan of the Chicago Bulls, Trey Young of the Atlanta Hawks, Joel Embiid at the five from the Philadelphia 76ers, Kevin Durant from the Brooklyn Nets, and then, of course, Giannis uh, from the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, at first glance, I have no problem with this. Um, obviously, you need to have someone from the Bulls. DeMar's the one option. Um, Bulls have had a great season. Um, I know they've been a little sloppy recently, but, I mean, they lost uh, Alex Caruso. And, I mean, it doesn't really matter. They'll work things out over the All-Star break, so you really can't take offense to that. But, I mean, they're still the number two in the East, and I mean, they had a great turnaround this season. Yeah, I completely agree. When thinking about DeRozan and the Bulls, like, even though it's obviously it's not going to be anywhere close to the Clippers with Chris Paul, DeAndre, and Blake Griffin, it kind of reminds me of that team just watching them. They're super exciting. They have some young guys. They have some good role players. And I mean, they're second, they're second in the East, which is super surprising coming in, and I'm kind of looking forward to seeing what they're doing the rest of the season. But congrats to DeMar for being, I believe it's his first time starting. Yeah, I mean, DeMar is averaging 26 points per game with five rebounds and four assists with being sixth in points in the entire NBA, which is pretty impressive. And, I mean, he's shooting 40% from the field, almost close to 50, 30% from three, which has been probably one of his highest in a very long time. And then free throw percentage has been – the best at 85 percent I mean he's shooting well he I'm he's playing with confidence I mean with him playing with the Spurs you kind of wondered like oh is he ever going to get back to his all-star potential like he is and look at him now he's a starter yeah I completely agree with the Spurs even though I mean he was still the same player he was just he could still go get a bucket whenever he wanted ISO I mean we saw that with him hitting game winners against the Mavs Um, I mean now he's back to like being someone that's talked about and I feel like with the Spurs some people kind of forgot about just how good he is and I mean one of those people was kind of including me like I knew DeMar was always good but with the Spurs I mean they're not coming on on TNT they're not coming on on ESPN that much and yeah now with he's with the Bulls and we're seeing him as a starter this year so next Ian you want to move on to Kevin Durant yeah we move on Kevin Durant so KD again he's the captain of this team um Obviously, coming from the Nets, the four seed. I mean, they had a um, the one seed for a while, but they've been kind of dwindling down the standings. But, I mean, KD is still the number one option on one of the best teams and probably the front runner for the NBA Finals, I mean, with how much talent they have on their team. Um, but KD, I mean, he's first in points, averaging just around 30 points per game. Uh, with seven rebounds and five assists. And then his player efficiency rating is a 26, which is extremely good. Um, I mean, he's shooting the ball extremely well. Uh, Right now he's kind of banged up, so I don't even know if he's playing or not But um, in the All-Star game. But obviously he's the starter. And, I mean, there's not much you can really say about it. I mean, you can't argue with him not being a captain either because, I mean, he's – been the best player in the NBA. I mean, I completely agree, and he's one of the few all-time talents on this team, honestly. We're looking at some of the best basketball the NBA has ever seen. We got Kevin Durant, we got LeBron, we have Curry, I mean, Jokic, we have Jaw up and coming. Embiid is one of the most uh, dominant players in the league. I mean, Giannis, like, this all-star game is stacked. And yeah, KD, I mean, you you can't say much about it. I mean, he's one of the best scorers of all time. He's playing for one of the best teams in the East. In my opinion, I mean, it's either going to be the Nets or the Bucks coming out of the East. So, I mean, you're looking at one of the best you're looking at one of the best players on a finals team in the starting lineup. I mean, you have Durant and Giannis. I mean, you can't ask for much more. Yeah, 1000%. I mean, KD's shooting 52% from the field, which is insane. Um 52% and then 37% from 3 kind of down year from last year. I mean, he shot 45%, but also he was just insane last year. 
But then, he, I mean, he's back up to 90% from the free throw line. So, I mean, you can't argue that, you know, anything is wrong with this. And honestly, looking at the entire starters for the um, East, I have no problem with any of these players. And actually, I'm going to move on to um, Trey Young, you know, the Oklahoma boy. I'm an Oklahoma boy, so, you know, I have my respect to Trey Young. Um, I love watching him play. I think he's, you know, kind of electric. He always entertains the crowd, and which, I mean, I love to see. Um, he's averaging just around 27.7 points per game with three rebounds, then nine assists. And those nine assists is number three in the entire NBA. And, I mean, he is – the Hawks are kind of struggling. I mean, they're not in the playoff position right now, but, I mean – I'm sure things will turn around. They've got a whole another half of the season left, if not a little bit more. Um, but, I mean, they're on a – I think they're on like a six- or seven-game win streak right now, right? Yeah, so it's at, it's at five, five according to ESPN. But, I mean, yes, I mean, same effect. I mean, they're balling right now. Yeah, and so it's kind of – it's always good to see whenever teams like that kind of go on a win streak. And you could see that they're big players like Trey Young um, – you know, build their confidence up right before the break. And, I mean, it's exciting. I'm about to see Trey Young team up with Kevin Durant. And, I mean, I know – I don't know if you know, but, I mean, they went – Trey Young went to Kevin Durant's camps and stuff whenever he was in Oklahoma City. So, I mean, that's kind of cool to see that they're teaming up. So, it's pretty dope. Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, Trey Young, yeah, just looking at the NBA standings, even though, I mean – Trey Young is still having his success. He's still balling like one of the best point guards in the league. I think it's kind of almost unexcusable that they're 12th in the East. I mean, they have too much talent. I mean, you saw last year, were they a five seed playing against the Knicks? Yeah. Yeah, because I know, I know they were somewhere around there for the playoffs last year. And just looking at their team, I mean, they have a ton of young talent. I mean, John Collins, DeAndre Hunter has kind of been hit or miss his whole career this far. I mean, Capella is a good, good center. I mean, good rebounder, good shot blocker, and Kevin Herter just a great shooter at the two guard position. It's kind of confusing with how that they're kind of dwindling at that spot outside of the playoffs. But putting that aside, Trey Young, he's one of the best point guards in the league. The way he plays, it's just so exciting. And the All Star Game is all about excitement. I mean, you're looking for players that are going to light up the scoreboard, get the fans involved, get the fans excited, and I think Trey Young does all of those. And it'll be super fun watching him with whoever he teams up with. Yeah, I mean, it's, like you said, it's exciting. And honestly, too, I don't think I've ever met someone who doesn't like Trey Young. I mean, especially me, I'm from Tulsa. Um, here at OSU, I mean, he's an OU guy, but, I mean, I still I love Trey Young. Like, I love seeing yeah. him play, all this stuff. It's exciting to me. But, yes, going back to the Hawks, it is kind of inexcusable that they should. It should be a little higher than the 12 seed. But, I mean, I'm sure they'll turn things around. I mean, they have a bunch of talent on their team. Uh, John Collins has actually played extremely well. But, I mean, we could talk about that some other time. We're focused right now on those all-stars. Um, so, moving on to – we have two more left. We got Embiid and Giannis. I think we're going to start with – we're going to talk about some Giannis real quick. So, Giannis is fourth in the league in points with 28.6. He's averaging 11.2 rebounds and then six assists with the third highest player fantasy rating, which personally, I know a lot of there's going to be a lot of voter fatigue, but right now, I think he's one of the top players for MVP. I mean, he's dominating the game. Obviously, the Bucks aren't in the top two seeds like they were last year, um, but I mean... We'll see them turn it around. I mean, I really I have a feeling that they'll make another deep run in the playoffs. I mean, just because Giannis. Giannis is just an unstoppable force to me. And I think it's he's fun to see. He's fun to watch. And him pairing up with someone like Trey Young, who could pass the ball and shoot, I think that would be kind of fun to watch. But obviously, we don't know if they'll be on the same team or not for the All-Star game. Yeah, I agree. I mean, when you talk about Giannis, I mean, he's just like, the one word that I think describes him best is just dominant. Like, you're not going to find many players in the league, if anyone, that is going to stop Giannis. I, I think I remember, I don't know how many years ago it was in the playoffs, weren't they saying that Al Horford was the Giannis stopper? Yeah. Yeah, so they were saying Horford is the Giannis stopper, but that is not a thing anymore. I mean, no one's going to stop Giannis 
super exciting for him, kind of just from where he came from and just these past couple years how he's just gone from kind of a skinny kid that no one really wanted. I mean, he fell, I think, into the teens in the draft. and I mean, now he's one of the most dominant players in the league. He's an all-star starter, and he's probably honestly going to be one of the first few picks. Super fun to watch, and it's kind of cool for Milwaukee just because for a while they didn't really have that one big superstar, and now they're a team that's in the playoffs year in and year out. They have a great fan base, and, I mean, they're going to turn it around before the playoffs, and I expect them to make a finals run. Yeah, I mean, I'm 1,000% agree. So moving on to our last starter for the East is Joel Embiid. This is another guy that I think is a MVP hopeful this year. I mean, he's been playing unreal recently. Um, I mean, his past 10 games, I'm pretty sure he's averaging like close to 35 or so. Um, but, I mean, 28.9 points per game, third in the league. 10.7 rebounds, 10th in the league. 4.3 assists for a big man isn't horrible. And then his, he's second in player efficiency rating. And, I mean... The 76ers have been climbing up the East. So, I mean, you really can't complain with what Joel Embiid has done with this team. Yeah, I agree, Ian. And since you brought up kind of his performance recently, I wanted to read you his game log from the past five games. So, on the 19th against Orlando, they won. He dropped 50 and 12. The next game, he dropped 40 and 13. The next game, he dropped 38 and 12. Next game, 42-14, and 14, and then most recently against the Lakers, he dropped 26-9-7 and seven with two blocks. So, I mean, he's, he's dominating. He's dominating as always. I mean, him and Jokic, I mean, that's usually the conversation that people have for best big man in the league. And, I mean, everyone has their different opinions on that, and that doesn't matter for an all-star um, starters reaction podcast. But Joel Embiid, I mean, he's obviously one of the most dominant players in the league. I mean, he's huge on media. He always has something to say, whether it's negative or positive. I mean, the spotlight's always on him, with especially playing in Philly and kind of the drama that's been going on there for however long with Ben Simmons and just if they can get it done in the playoffs. But super cool for Embiid to get this expected starter spot. Yeah, I would thousand agree. Um, so now we're going to go to the West. So with our West, the... Backcourt, we have Stephen Curry, no shocker there. John Morant, first-time All-Star. My man, John Morant, love to see it. Then the front court, we got Nikola Jokic, LeBron James, and Andrew Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins is the surprise here. Um, I mean, we'll talk about Andrew Wiggins here in a little bit, but right now I'm going to talk about the captain of this side, which is LeBron James. Um he actually got recognized as a sinner for this All-Star. Um, I don't know if he's played any center this year. I mean, I know that the game is shifting towards positionless basketball, but um, I just think it's kind of funny to see the C next to LeBron James, um, especially whenever you're paired with someone like Nikola Jokic, who actually might be considered a center. Um, but I mean, I think it's, it's pretty cool seeing LeBron here. Obviously there's no shocker. Um, he's one of the best all time, if not the best. Um, but really no shocker to have him in the starting lineup. Yeah. I mean, no shocker LeBron James. I mean, he's, even though his team is really struggling, like that's crazy to me that the Lakers, they're a nine seed. I mean, watching them, looking at that team on paper, if you would have told me, I mean, four, five years ago that Westbrook, Anthony Davis, Carmelo Anthony, LeBron, all these dudes were going to be on the same team. I'm saying that's for sure a team that's going to the finals. And, I mean, looking at them, I mean, they're not, like, they have their games, but also, I mean, they're not they're not playing as well as they should be. I mean, they, they're below 500, which, I mean, is a shocker if you, I mean, if you're talking about this before the season, everyone's talking about, how, oh, they're going to be so great. I mean, and then, I mean, you would have your Westbrook haters that are going to say, oh, he's not going to fit in, which, I mean, it's debatable if if he has fit in and what he's kind of doing for this team, and that's for another time. But no shocker to have LeBron in the starting lineup and to be a captain. But also, going back to the Lakers' struggles, I personally don't think it's any of LeBron's fault. Um, no one can freaking shoot on this team. No one can shoot. I mean... 
LeBron's probably the best shooter or Malik Monk. Um, so, I mean, it's just it just kind of sucks seeing things like that. And actually, um, Kenny Smith last night said something about um, Westbrook, and he was just he just basically said, you can't be going 100 mile an hour every single play. Um, you gotta gotta switch it up. You gotta go 30. Gotta go 50. Gotta go 80. Gotta go 100. Back to 30. Maybe 100 again. Just kind of going back and forth, and that's something I found that kind of interesting. I mean, um, that is might be the reason why Westbrook's rushing shots and all this stuff. But I mean, back to LeBron. I mean, I don't really have any problem with um, him being here, and I think he is well deserving of it. Yeah, I agree 100. percent And kind of going back to Westbrook just for a second, he's the highest player on the team. I mean, he's getting paid 44 million dollars a year. They brought him in, and I mean, they're not even a playoff team. I mean, if with the play-in tournament, I kind of would expect them to win. But I mean, Westbrook is not. I mean, he's the highest player, the highest paid player on the team. And he is not living up to that. Yeah, not at all. Okay, well, moving on. This is who I think should have been the captain of the West, which is Steph Curry. Um, I mean, he's averaging around 25 points per game with five rebounds, six assists. Um, I mean, he's just kind of been a little shaky recently. But, I mean, to start the season, he seemed to be unstoppable. Um they have they're the number two seed in the West, um, behind the best record in the NBA and the Phoenix Suns, who actually don't have a single All Star starter. Neither does the uh, East number one seed in the Heat. They don't have a starter as well. Um, but I mean, going back to it, Steph Curry has been playing amazing this year. Um, although his points have been kind of a little shaky recently, I mean he's you can't complain with what he's been doing I mean he's at the beginning of the season he took this team who no one really expected anything from until Clay got back Clay gets back and I mean last night they had 11 threes so I mean that's kind of it's fun to see that they're the splash rows are back um but I mean I think that Curry definitely should have been the captain for this yeah, for sure. I mean, kind of what you said, talking about the beginning of the season. I mean, we got to see this team at the beginning of the season against the Thunder. And, I mean, Stephen Curry, I mean, he's the whole reason that they're in the position they are right now. Yes, they've had some other players. I mean, Clay Thompson came back, his sidekick. But he carried the load until Clay got back. And it was it was really crazy what they were doing. I'd like to see what their record was probably 30 games into the season because I, I, because I bet you they have bought, had lost like four or five games. Mm-hmm. I mean, at the beginning of the season, they were going ridiculous. They were playing ridiculous. They were playing out of their mind. Everyone was carrying their load. And, I mean, yeah. it, was, it was a lot of fun to watch. Like, I'm, I'm looking at their kind of win-loss right now on – Well, the first two months of the season, they had three losses. Yeah, so losing you said losing three times in two months. Two months. Yeah, that's ridiculous. And they didn't have, they didn't have um, Clay. And I mean, Jordan Poole was balling during that span too. Yeah. I mean, he has nothing to do with Stephen Curry and him starting in the All Star game. And I mean, we've missed kind of being in the studio because I mean, talking hoops. I mean, me and Ian talk hoops all the time, but just a mix of school and work and Christmas break and being busy and having classes online or in person and hybrid. We've been really busy, but we're Super happy to be back in the studio and hopefully bringing y'all content at least once a week. Thousand percent. But yeah, I mean, Steph Curry's been playing unreal this year. Um, So, I mean, that's who I think the captain should be. Um, I know you might think otherwise just because it's LeBron. Um, So moving on. My computer. Move on to Ja. Yeah, we can move on to Ja. Ja, I think, is. I mean, first-time selection, and I think he should also be in consideration for MVP. I mean, he's taken this Memphis team to the three seed, which is the highest they've been in quite some time, um, and I love to see it. He's explosive. He can do anything he wants on the court, it seems like, and, I mean, he's – it almost is like he's breaking down the defense as like a veteran now. I mean, he you could see that he's confident and all this stuff, and I'd love to see it. I do come from a Jaw fan. I mean, he's one of my favorites in the NBA. So, 
I really do like it, and I think he should be up for MVP. Um, but, I mean, obviously, it's good to see that he's a starter and getting the recognition he deserves. I completely agree. And, Ian, I'm going to ask you this. Have you? I don't think I've ever met anyone that doesn't like Ja. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think – I mean, my dad, who might be one of the most strict NBA fan, I mean, he hates everything about where the game's going right now. But right now, his favorite player is Ja Morant. So, I, I mean, it's kind of – self-explanatory there I mean whenever you have a bunch of this I mean I'm not calling my dad an old head but I mean he he is an old head I mean he loves MJ and I mean him his love for jaw is there and like his respect for jaw I mean he'll sit down and watch jaw I'll sit down and watch jaw I know you will sit down and watch jaw I mean I think everyone loves to watch him play and I think that's really cool yeah, I completely agree. I mean, he's super fun to watch, and just the way that he's taken this Memphis team is super cool. And one thing that I'm so upset about is, this is so off topic, but the year that John Zion got drafted, the one and the two overall pick, their odds to get that pick were the same exact as the Mavericks. I'm pretty sure the Mavericks had the exact same record as the Pelicans and the Grizzlies and the Mavs, I think got, like, the 10th overall pick, which they didn't get to keep from the Luka trade. Just stupid. Like, if the Mavericks had Jaw right now, Jaw and Luka would be absolutely ridiculous. But so fantasies don't matter. If Jaw was on the Mavs, would Jaw or Luka be your favorite player? Bro, that it. I I have honestly no clue. I mean, my favorite Maverick right now is Luka. But honestly, dude, it might have to be Jaw just because there are some things about Luka – that really frustrate me. Yes, he has been absolutely just amazing for the Mavericks. I mean, they've been making the playoffs again. We kind of had that spurt where they weren't they weren't making the playoffs. They didn't have an identity. I mean, they had Dirk, but Dirk wasn't Dirk anymore. And now, I mean, Luka has he's been playing amazing. I mean, he's awesome. He loves the fans. He loves the city. But also, just his crying with the referees upsets me. I mean, where he's complaining about a call and not running back on defense so honestly dude jaw is strictly business i think it might have to be jaw yeah that's actually who i thought you would say um but i kind of just want to read off his um the last few games that jaw has been um so on january 17th they played the number two in the east in the bulls they got the w he had 25 points he had three assists and four rebounds not a great performance, but, I mean, they get the job done. Um, then they go and play Milwaukee. Jaw has 33 points with 14 assists and 8 rebounds. Um, then two days later, they play Denver, another good team. 38 points, 6 of 6, 6 rebounds, um, with also 2 steals. Um, then you go to Dallas. They caught the L there, but... I mean, they go, and he has 35. He has six assists, 13 rebounds. And then just two days ago, they played the Spurs. He dropped 41 with eight assists and five rebounds. If the Grizzlies can get consistently winning games, um, recently they've been going win-loss, win-loss, win-loss. I think that they could turn things around. I think they can get close to – I think they can jump the Warriors in the standings. I think they can make a run. This team's pretty good. Desmond Bain's been shooting unreal and playing with someone like Jaw who can dish the ball out and be explosive. That opens the court a little bit for Jaw to go to work. Um, so, I mean, I think it's it's really dope, really cool to see. Steven Adams is a good player to play with Jaw. You know, just a nice little pick-and-roll kind of guy. So, um, I really like this Memphis team. I think they can make a deep run, and it starts with Jaw. I agree, this Memphis team, they're super likable. I mean, everyone loves watching them play. I mean, Steven Adams, he's – it's so hard. to. He's just such, like, a nice guy. Like, even though – I don't know. I just like the Grizzlies. They're super fun to watch. I feel like they're a fan favorite. And, I mean, within the next few years, if they don't make the Western Conference Finals now, who knows, they might be making it here soon. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, they're still a young team. I mean, he's paired with Jaron Jackson Jr., who um, I actually might talk about later. Um, and then, I mean, like we've been talking about Steven Adams, Desmond Bain. I mean, this is a, it's a good team. It's a good, well-organized team. Um, they all pair well together, and I think if they stay together, they can make runs here in the near future. Absolutely, Ian. So, uh, 
moving on, we're going to talk about Nikola Jokic. Um, I don't, I think it's kind of self-explanatory here. I mean, he's the best big man, if not the second best behind Joel Embiid. But I mean, actually just a couple of days ago, we were at dinner and we were watching, uh, Cade Cunningham kind of duel against, uh, Jokic. And it seemed like those two were just kind of going back and forth at each other. Obviously Jokic got the, um, W in that game, but I mean, it's, it's been awesome to see what Jokic has been doing this year. And, I mean, it seems like it's a yearly basis now that he just goes in and dominates. He could shoot. He can, you know, drive. He's been doing a little better down low. Um, and, obviously, his playmaking is through the roof. Um, so, right here, no shocker that he's a starter here. Um, and I like seeing him here. Yeah, and, I mean, he's also rebounding the best he has in his career. He's averaging 14 boards a game which is ridiculous. I mean, when you're averaging 26 points, 14 boards, and 8 assists, I mean, that's that's unheard of. I mean, if we're talking in the 90s and you're and someone's saying, "Yeah, big man's averaging 14 assists and or 14 rebounds and 8 assists." I mean, that they would they wouldn't believe you. Oh, no. And I mean, now that's kind of become normal with watching Jokic. It's just this big man that's just such a good playmaker. I mean, you'll see him be dribbling the ball up the floor, throw a no-look pass. I mean, out of the post, just kind of these no-look skip passes to a shooter in the corner. I mean, Jokic is one of the most fascinating basketball players to watch in the NBA right now. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, honestly, he's been limiting his turnovers, too. I mean, he is only averaging around, like, three turnovers a game. But whenever you have a big man kind of doing those flashy passes like that, it's it's kind of fun to watch. And, I mean, it's kind of expected to have a few turnovers, especially playing in a – Playing around what, thirty-five minutes a game? Would you say? So yeah, I mean it's it's kind of cool to see him just kind of go out and ball like he has recently. So, I mean I like seeing him here, um, but I think it's time that uh, we talk about the sore thumb in this little batch. Um, Andrew Wiggins is a starter. Um, Obviously, this is this kind of reminds me of that Zaza Pachulia t- stuff that happened a couple years ago, um, but Dub Nation's always gonna get the fan voting. Um, I mean, what's the what's the splits for fan voting and then player voting? Is it fifty fifty exactly? So I had it open earlier. Let me go check real quick. I th- I saw that I think fans was fifty, and then I think it was twenty five, twenty five something. Yeah, I honestly. I wasn't sure the exact um, whatever it percentages is, on that. Whatever it is, it's going to change. I mean, I think this is kind of the cherry on top to change kind of the – I mean, as long as it just – I think soon it's going to be 33, 33, 33. I think that's – and then 1% can go to Adam Silver. And, um, I mean, I'm not trying to disrespect or knock um, Andrew Wiggins at all, but – I mean, he. Uh, it just surprises me. I mean, he's averaging 18 points per game. Um, he's the third option on his team. Would you say? I oh. mean, behind Draymond and Steph, and I mean and, now with Clay yeah. back. I mean Draymond. I mean obviously you're gonna see Wiggins go get his own bucket. Just the way Draymond's game has changed over the past few years has been. Pretty kind of just weird to watch, but I mean, yeah. Now that Wiggins, I mean, he's averaging 18 a game. He's the third option, and I mean, watching him, I mean, you're not. He's not consistent. I mean, you see, I mean, things have might have changed a little bit this season, but I mean, going back to Wiggins in the past, I mean, you're either seeing him play amazing or play like, I mean, play like he doesn't know how to play basketball. His game is just, it's very interesting. But also, I mean, he's been solid for the Warriors. I mean, he's the third option for one of the best teams in the West, but he there is absolutely no way that he should be a, in the starting pool for the draft. And Okay, so I pulled up the um, percentages, Ian, so it's fans are 50%, okay. and then NBA players are 25%, and then okay. a panel of media members is the other 25%. Yeah, that's going to change. It's going to change 1,000%. They can't have fans doing 50% because then stuff like this happens. Um, but also... So last night I was actually watching this video um, from KO24Q. Shout out Kenny Beecham, the GOAT. Um, so he brought up the idea that 
the all-star starters should be strictly positionless. I think, I mean, with this, you don't have stuff like this happens. Because, honestly, whenever you look at it, Andrew Wiggins is 38th in scoring. But there's no one else in the West, in the front court, that you can replace him with. You can make an argument for maybe Norman Powell. But would you rather see Andrew Wiggins or Norman Powell in the All-Star game? I mean, You can make an argument for 3J and Jerry Jackson Jr., who's also playing Unreal. But, I mean, again, it's either between those two. Um, if you do positionless basketball, you can have players like Devin Booker. You can have players like Donovan Mitchell. Like, you kind of throw them in there because then it just doesn't take away a spot from Steph and Jaw. Because obviously now it's a guard-heavy league. It's been a guard-heavy league for quite some time now. We don't really see the front court anymore. And there's two spots for guards, whereas the rest is forwards. And now with all the guards, I mean, most of the top scores, the most – fun to watch or guards I mean you're not going to take something away from Steph because he's having an unreal season you're not taking away from Jaw because he's had a career season and is probably in the running for MVP this year which is unreal but I mean Jokic that's no brainer LeBron no brainer but then there's Andrew Wiggins and whenever you look at it I mean you could put Anthony Edwards but I mean Anthony Edwards isn't a starter I mean, as good as he is, he's not a starter. Brandon Ingram, he's not a starter this year. He's kind of had a down year. So the next best person after those two is Andrew Wiggins. So, I mean, positionless basketball, I think, is a that's a great idea. Um, and, I mean, I it's just it is shocking to me that they would put someone like Andrew Wiggins in the all-star starters. Yeah, I agree. And, I mean, yeah, having kind of the voting not be separated by front court and back court, I, I completely agree with you. Um, I think that's a great idea because, I mean, if you're talking basketball with someone who's a casual or just someone that doesn't watch basketball, when you say names like Kevin Durant, LeBron James, Giannis, Steph Curry, um, Embiid, Trey Young, John Morant, Jokic, like they're going to know all those names. But if you say a name like Andrew Wiggins, they're going to be like, who? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like someone who doesn't watch a ton of basketball, like – they might have heard the name before, but they're not going to – they might not have a face to put with that name and kind of – because all of these players, like the way that they impact the game, I, I'd say that every single player in the All-Star Game starters pool has has impacted the game in a positive way or in some way or another other than Andrew Wiggins. Yeah, and also, Andrew Wiggins, whenever you think of an All-Star Game, you think, oh, this is the – best players in the NBA. They're going to team up, be on the same court, have fun for a weekend. But then you throw Andrew Wiggins in there. If we were to do a tier list and we did superstars, then we did all-stars, and then we did role players, Andrew Wiggins falls on the role player. Yeah, I agree. There might be a tier maybe called starters before role players, but yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, he's I mean, he's averaging 18 a game. I mean, Jalen Brunson is, I mean, it's debatable on if he's better than KP, but, I mean, uh, I'm going to say that KP's better. I mean, Jalen Brunson is the third best player on the Mavericks, and he's averaging 16 a game. And, I mean, it's just, it's so weird just seeing a third option be an all-star starter, especially especially Andrew Wiggins, because, I mean, he's kind of a meme. He gets hated on so much. But, I mean, I mean good for him that he's kind of, like, silencing the haters, but also, like, it's so weird seeing him in there. Like it is just a sore thumb. Like I want, like everyone wants this All Star game to be like the faces of the league. Like just like what you said. Like the faces of the league going out there and showing off their skills, ridiculous plays. I mean, but just Andrew Wiggins is just it's that just ain't it. It's not it. Yeah, and I mean going back to it, like we said, the Suns and the Heat both don't have a starter. I mean, that's where you can throw in. That extra player. I mean, you can throw in, yeah, it's a toss-up for that, but, I mean, it's not a horrible choice with Andrew Wiggins. Just consider the restrictions the voting has. But, I mean, at this point, like, you got to throw someone in there. I mean, shoot, look at Darius Garland. So, he's turned the Cavalier team into a top three in the East. Obviously, we're talking about the West right now, but I'm just saying, like, he's not an all-star, but why should 
Andrew Wiggins be praised for being a three or four option on the number two seed in the West, whereas maybe the number one or two in Darius Garland for the Cavs, who's the number three seed, who completely flipped from last year, not getting any recognition, but then you have Andrew Wiggins going out and getting the all-star, um, the star on the jersey and having all this praise and stuff. And, I mean, he's going to be out on the court whenever tip-off happens. Like, he's going to be out there for the all-star game, all the cameras, all the fans looking at him. There's going to be LeBron, KD, Giannis. I mean, and then there's Andrew Wiggins on the court at the same time. It's ridiculous. It is absolutely ridiculous. So was Wiggins our last starter on the list? Yeah. It's the last starter. Right so, there. yeah, after talking about Andrew the GOAT, number one overall pick, 2015 Kia Rookie of the Year, with his first all-star appearance, that's going to take us into our first break. Welcome back to Coast to Coast, the basketball podcast. So for the second half of our episode, we're going to be doing a draft as if I'm LeBron and Ian is Kevin Durant. So we're going to go through and we're going to pick our four starters to be alongside us in the game. So the way that we decided who's going to pick first, we're going to have Siri flip a coin. So Ian, do you want heads or tails? Uh, tails never fails. Okay, so Ian's going to take tails. So we'll see if Siri, Siri gives him the luck of the draw today. Hey, Siri, flip a coin. So it's tails. So, Ian, you get to go first. All right. So, Ian, a.k.a. Durantula. KD. Um, I'm going to go ahead and pair him with Steph Curry, his old teammate. I think that's a nice little duo, especially for an all-star game. Gives you nice little offense. That's really what the all-star game is all about. So, uh, I'm going to go ahead and take Steph Curry for my first pick. Okay, so going over to me with my first overall pick, just to match that shooting and to pair LeBron, which is an excellent shooter. I mean, kind of a pick that I think it puts me in a bad position just because I think I know who you're going to take with your next pick. I'm going to go with Trey Young. So I'll have Trey Young as my point guard to pair with LeBron. Okay. All right, so... Um, my next pick after Trey Young is taken. Um, this actually might surprise you. I don't know if you you were thinking about this, but I'm taking John Morant. I'm taking the explosive man who can get up. He can, you know, Steph Curry's going to draw some attention. Durant's going to draw attention. Ja, he can, you know, maybe go back door, catch a little lob. You know, we'll see. But, yeah, I'm taking John Morant. Okay, so that's not who I thought you were going to take, but, I mean, that would have been my second choice, but just because Ja is one of your favorite players. The player that I was afraid about you taking is Giannis. So with my next pick, I'm going to have to go with Giannis. So Giannis off the board now. Um, I'm sitting here thinking, and I got to get a big man. I think I'm going with Jokic. All right. I think I'm get, going with the playmaking. Um I think if you go out and have Jokic and LeBron on the same floor, uh, you guys will dice my team up. So I got to take him away from you, and I'm going with the Joker. Yeah, that's definitely the big that I would have taken. I mean, I'm obviously going to go big man just to just to kind of match your pick and not let there let there be a twin towers scenario. So I mean, I'll I'll go with Embiid. I I would have preferred Jokic just for kind of. The team that I have now, and just with LeBron um, having two of the best players with the best basketball IQ on the league on the same team with LeBron and Jokic would have been great. But I mean, Joel Embiid, one of the most dominant players in the league. I'm a fan of his, so I'm fine with him teaming up with Bron, Giannis, and Trey. All right, so there's two players left, and I think the obvious answer is DeMar DeRozan. But you know, Andrew Wiggins is a first time starter. I don't know if I give him that recognition yet. Man, I think you should go Wiggins, man. I'm I mean, going DeMar DeRozan. Um, DeMar is another, you know, he he get up, man. I mean, he, in one thing that I remember from DeMar DeRozan, um, whenever we were playing, I think it was China in the uh, FIBA championship, and he tries to go up, or actually I think it was an ex- exhibition game, um, he tries to go up and do a 360 poster, and... If that 
dunk would have went down. That is easily the greatest dunk that has ever happened in the game of basketball. And just because of that, I compare him with John Morant with some passing from Jokic with the two shooters and Durant and Steph Curry. I think that's a nice little mix of, you know, high-flying talent. Like, get some, you know, I'm going to fill the stands. I got Steph, I got Durant, you know, John Morant. They're going to have a bunch of people trading in jerseys for his jersey. I love it. I love it right now. Yeah, so kind of with this, um, having the last pick in the draft, I mean, we knew that I was going to get stuck with Wiggins regardless. So I was, whoever lost the coin toss was going to have Andrew Wiggins on their team. That's That was just part of Siri praying on my downfall was giving me Andrew Wiggins. So, yeah, I'm going to have Wiggins in my starting five. So kind of looking at my team, it's LeBron, it's Trey Young, it's Giannis, it's Embiid, and it's Wiggins. And I I don't know how I feel about my team. I mean, you have you have LeBron all-time great, and you have Giannis, you have Embiid. I mean, they're going to dominate. I mean, they're, they're finishing around the bucket. All three of them is top tier. But kind of shooting the three ball is something that, I'm a little a little nervous about. I think you kind of got the edge on three-point shooting with, I mean, Stephen Curry, one of the best shooters of all time, Durant, one of the best scorers, and, I mean, even Jokic can shoot, and DeMar is just obviously okay. But kind of with me, it's I don't, I don't know how this team is going to play. I mean, having Trey Young at the one, I mean, he's one of the best shooters in the league. He can pull up from anywhere. That's going to be fun. So we'll put – we'll kind of put my positions. We'll have – We'll have Trey at the one. Okay. And even though it's positionless, it's the all-star game. No one wants to play defense. They want to throw lobs. They want to pull up from the logo. I mean, it's it's interesting. And, I mean, I think who who would you say kind of within the past few years has kind of tried kind of the most in the all-star game? Uh, Kyle Lowry last – or two years ago when he uh, took the charge. Um, that might be one of the – sweatiest moments in an all-star game history is taking a charge i mean i love the intensity though i mean don't get me wrong that all-star game just meant more after the passing of kobe um obviously the new rules were implied in that and i mean it seemed like both teams wanted to win and that's been probably my favorite all-star game since i've been alive um that's easily been the best so i mean i do agree that um, yeah, it shouldn't be about defense, but I mean, who doesn't love some defense? But also, I think that was easily the most try-hard thing the All-Star game has ever seen is taking a charge. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, that's just just dumb. So I'm actually gonna skip over the two guard. He's gonna. I'm gonna talk about him last. So at the three, I mean, we'll put LeBron. I mean, there's no there's no positions, but I mean, LeBron he can play he can play one through four. So we'll have LeBron at the three. We'll have Giannis at the four, and we'll have Embiid at the five. And so instead of the just the traditional two and kind of just the SG abbreviation for that position, I'm going to change it to G for GOAT, and we're going to have Wiggins at the two for my squad. Oh, yeah? Is that so? Um, I think you would have been better off like picking off maybe like Kevin Hart from sitting courtside, Spike Lee. Um, I think you could have grabbed one of them and, you know, Throw him out there. Yeah, maybe you Mason w- Ramsey will be sitting courtside too. Throw him in there in his cowboy boots, get some buckets. Yeah, I mean, you could have got someone for uh, Wiggins. Um, but, I mean, your team doesn't look too bad. I think my team might have the edge, though. Um, I think we're better overall. Um, we got some high flyers. Um, but, I mean, if this was the uh, if this was the all-star game, I think it would be a good little matchup right here. Um, obviously... I think you have the bigger team for sure. I think, I mean, obviously, LeBron's hard to stop. Giannis is probably the most impossible player to stop. Um, and then Jokic on a bead. Jokic on a bead would be interesting to see. I really do hope that happens and they kind of split them up and they don't play with each other. But um, I think that would be fun to see, just to see them go at it down low. Um, I mean, you always love seeing two big wins kind of battle it back and forth, especially the two best in the league. So that be that might be kind of fun to see. Oh, for sure. So I kind of kind of looking at this, Ian. Who are you putting on LeBron and who are you putting on Giannis? Because I mean, those are two of the best finishers in the league, and they're extremely dominant. So Giannis, I have to put 
Durant on Giannis. I just have to. I can't. I think DeMar might be a little too small for Giannis. Um, obviously, Durant is super skinny, but, I mean, his size, I think he can he can lock him down. I mean, we saw in the playoffs last year, he kind of slowed him down a little bit. Um, but, I mean, obviously, no one's going to completely stop Giannis. Um, but with LeBron, I don't see LeBron going towards the basket at all or, I mean, driving towards the basket. So I think DeMar having him on uh, on LeBron should be good. Um, although LeBron has DeMar's number probably more so than anyone else in the NBA, just based off of the Eastern Conference Finals history that we've had, where it's um, when DeMar was in Toronto. and LeBronto? LeBronto, exactly. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think that'll be a nice little matchup. Um, but I do think that your guards, I mean – I mean, you got to put Wiggins on his teammate, right? Nah, we're you want Wiggins to guard K, not KD. You want Wiggins to guard Curry? Is that what you're saying? I think you have to. You have to. Ah, uh, you got to yeah. put Trey. You got to put Trey on Jaw. If you put Trey on Curry, it's it's over. Yeah, I yeah I agree. So yeah, kind of looking at that. Yeah, it would it would have to be Wiggins on Curry. I mean, Wiggins isn't a tor- a terrible perimeter defender, but yeah, I think. I mean, he's a good two-way player. Don't get me yeah. wrong. Like, he's yeah. good. At, Wiggins would be a great player to have as your third option on a team, like we're seeing yeah. with the um, Warriors. But for an All-Star game, no. Yeah, so he he's a good third option for the Warriors, but he is not a good third option for the Western Conference All-Stars that everyone like. I mean, everyone talks about the All-Star games and how many All-Star appearances. And I mean, who do you, is will this be Wiggins' lone All-Star appearance in his career? I mean, unless the fan voting gets changed, I mean, I would have to say yes. I mean, you you got to think that with this being, I mean, there there was always talk about who is who's been the worst All Star, and Sabonis has been up there multiple times, um, but now it has to be Andrew Wiggins. I think this is by far the worst all-star appearance I think I've ever seen in my lifetime. Um, I really can't think of anyone else, but I mean, I always I always see the DeMontis Sabonis slander on Twitter um, talking about how he's the worst all-star ever. Now I think it's kind of changed, and now I think, I mean, who knows? Andrew Wiggins could silence all the haters and go out there and win the all-star MVP. And it would shush everyone up. I mean, not that that award truly matters, considering that this game is kind of a joke. Unless they start playing super hard like they did two years ago. Um, but, I mean, if he goes out there and... What if he just turns his whole career around after he get this nod, he got this nod? He goes out, they win the finals, he gets finals MVP, Curry doesn't get in a single one in his whole career. But Andrew Wiggins gets one. That would be, that would be a story. This would be the turnaround moment for Andrew Wiggins, and it should be former number one overall. This is something that we expected Andrew Wiggins to do whenever he first came into the league, but now it took what, seven years, six years? Yeah, some. I it's at least six because I'm I'm trying to think, was it because it was twenty? Was it fifteen with the Cavs? I think it was twenty fifteen. So. I'm gonna go ahead and go look at that real quick when he got um when he was the first overall pick, out of Kansas. I think it is. It was 2014. 2014. So wow. That's eight years. That's that's crazy. That's crazy how time flies, bro. Because I remember that draft like it was yesterday. Mm-hmm. And just think, think about this. He's 26 years old. He's 26, and he's been in the league since 2014. That is crazy. And I mean, Andrew Wiggins had super high upside, so it's kind of cool seeing him as an All Star. I don't agree with it, but it is cool seeing it. And I mean. Kudos, Andrew Wiggins. But um, you know we probably shouldn't see this again. Yeah, there's. I I don't think there's any way we see it see it again. So Jayhawk fans, um, Dub Nation. I mean, and I mean it's y'all's one chance that y'all get to see y'all's boy Andrew Wiggins in the All Star game. Even though I mean, KU. I'm sure. I mean, I I haven't I haven't looked at the numbers specifically but I mean KU I mean it's not like they can complain about never getting all-stars right 
Yeah, I mean, they got one here, Andrew Wiggins. So, I mean, okay, now that I think about it, this doesn't truly surprise me. With fan voting, I didn't know that it was 50-25-25. Andrew Wiggins plays for the Warriors, has Dub Nation voting for him, which is a crap ton of people. He's an internationally born player from Canada. He has basically all of Canada voting for him, I assume. Um, Kansas, all K-Hawk, or Jayhawk fans, um, they're voting for him. So, I mean, that's three huge, huge fan support systems. So, I mean, it doesn't surprise me. But, again, it still does surprise me that Andrew Wiggins is an all-star starter. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous because, I mean, w- everyone would have rather seen a player like, I mean, Booker. I mean, even though Luke has been banged up, I mean, Luca is still elite. I mean, we could have seen Luca in there. I mean, there's there's so many players that I think NBA fans everywhere, aside from San Francisco, Lawrence, Kansas, or the country of Canada, would rather see playing other than Andrew Wiggins. Oh, I agree 100%. Um, but, you know, something will change eventually, but you can't, uh, can't knock Andrew Wiggins now. I mean, he is having a career year though I mean can't complain too much about that I mean they're winning which is something that he hasn't really been used to yeah I mean he definitely hasn't been used to winning and they're winning now so can't knock him for that but I think on that note uh, we're going to cap this episode off thank you guys for listening Um, it's been a lot of fun being back in the studio Um, I'm speaking for the both of us but I assume the both of us are having fun Um, I mean obviously talking basketball is always a good time so I mean, as always, if you have any questions, uh, you can DM us on Twitter, at CTCBball. Um, we haven't been on Twitter that much, but I'm sure now that we got this episode out, I'm sure I'll be on Twitter. Uh, just kind of scrolling through. If you guys have any questions, let us know. Um, it's really been good being back in the studio, and we're going to try to bust these episodes out as much as possible. And I think our next episode will probably be talking about the reserves. And we honestly might just do a redraft and add on to uh, the teams that we have now. So uh, with that being said, um, this has been Coast to Coast, a basketball podcast.